When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. She was amazing. You know, she was like, I heard this is one of the, the absolute greats, you know, you know, just in my top 10 uh, uh, ever. And, um, she was just incredible. She she would go out to dinner with us every night. We rehearsed for I think two nights and wanted to hang out. And um, we um, it was the first time I'd ever played with in ear monitors. You know, like the you know the things you put in your ears and so you don't just get your head blown off by amplifiers. And the first song we played, it was it was like playing along with a record. Like when I was a kid, her voice was just like magic. Hey guys, that was drummer and comedian John Worcester talking about one of Rock's famous female lead singers. Now, in part two of our My Rock Moment interview, he'll talk about working with Charlie Daniels, a night with Benicio Del Toro at Dantana's, early concerts he'll never forget, and you'll find out what leading lady John is talking about. So let's get started. A very fun night that kind of fits, it doesn't fit into any kind of debauchery though but i i was uh i played briefly in this band called the minus five uh, which is uh scott mccoy from the young fresh fellows and peter buck from rem and and uh ken Stringfellow from the posies was in it and we did a west coast tour with wilco um in 2002 so we ended up playing in l or, or being off on september 11th 02 because nobody was booking shows on on the one-year anniversary of 9-11 it just wasn't a show anywhere. Um, so Peter took us all out to Dan Tana's, oh. um, you know, the old kind of old Hollywood. I place. know I live and, right next door to it. Or right oh, up the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right next to the Troubadour. So, so we go there and it was in my drinking. It was in all of our drinking days. And, and, um, and we just had the best time. And a couple tables away is little Steven and Benicio del Toro to just kind of had having, a sandwich and, you know, and drinks. And I guess P- Peter probably knew Stephen and they all, they ca- came to our table and we just had the most fun that night, just getting severely drunk. And, um, <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. And and at one point, this is so funny. There was a, there was a duo from, from here in Chapel Hill in the eighties. who was really great called flat duo jets mm-hmm. a- and, uh, a big influence on on Jack White and 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 the White Stripes, also like a duo, S- same kind of music, and um, and just out of nowhere, Benicio del Toro goes, "Have you ever heard of this band called Flat Duo Jets?" I was like, "Yes, how on earth do you know them?" It turned out he was a big fan, and I just thought that was that was the craziest thing because they're they're pretty obscure at that point. 
Right. He's an actor. <laughs> right. I, I, I've gotten so lucky with getting to, to play with, you know, people who are really big in my world. Um, just like through like flukes and just random connections. And um, I got to do this, this session with, with Nick Cave a, a, a few years ago. And it, it came out in the, uh, this fall. It, it was a, a, a cover song of a, of a T-Rex tune oh. uh, called, called Cosmic Dancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it came out on this compilation album in um, October, I guess. And um, so th- that was kind of the, the, the big, like, oh my God, that's like, that's Elvis kind of, kind of, situation I've ever had where it's like oh my god he's eating those are the pants that kind of flare a little bit but like super tasteful and I remember just like really looking at the pants and just think yeah that's that's him um and and he was amazing he was amazing you know um I didn't talk a lot because my memory of this was it was almost to the day the one-year anniversary of his his son dying so I didn't want to I still want to like you know be the guy that just tries to talk to him, you know what I mean? So, but he was great. He played great. Very nice. Um, so that was great. Uh, Charlie Daniels. I got to do, I got to play oh, in a commercial, on. a commercial with, um, what? we did a, com- we did a commercial for, um, UPS. This would have been maybe 2001, maybe the spring or summer of 2001. And, um, it, it was, uh, for UPS and it was it starred this guy Dale Jarrett, who's a, I guess a famous race NASCAR driver, or he was. And Charlie changed the lyrics to, from um, the devil went down to Georgia to Dale Jarrett is a race car driver, and da, 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 da. <laughs> and so, so it was him on 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 guitar, uh, uh, I mean on on fiddle and singing, and me on a little snare drum, and Kyle Gass from Tenacious D on stand-up bass <laughs> and for whatever reason Kyle, Kyle's agent pitched this pitched his you know him being able to perform in this thing as in, in as, as him being able to play the stand-up bass which is which is not a normal instrument that most guys can just play uh and so he he, he shows up and and basically we recorded the song in, in like a little trailer first just to have have good audio of it and um and so we start playing it and it's just Charlie and me and Kyle and and it becomes apparent that that uh maybe Kyle has never really played a stand up bass before he know he knows how to play <laughs> the guitar but but to to his credit Charlie just said let's teach you how to play this thing and and nice. he did and and, and to, to Kyle's credit he could play it so it, <laughs> it it turned out great but it was like it just showed i feel like the bigger the the whatever i hate to use the word star but like the bigger the success the 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 easy the easy easier easy easiest going they are you know like yeah. he could have just like thrown a fit and like, fuck this i'm not doing it. but but like he he just said, thought about it and said all right we'll just teach him how to play and it'll work and it did well you got to think these big stars it doesn't happen overnight despite what you thought as a 19 year old kid right you found out real quick Right. They have to go through a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, many years of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so something like this doesn't really register too much. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, par that's... for the course. It's just a day in yeah. the life. And it's, yeah. it, 
amazing to have that perspective as mm-hmm. a musician and just in life in general. <laughs> yeah. And um, a couple years ago, Jason Narducci and I, Jason plays plays bass with me in the Bob Mould Band, and he he plays bass in Superchunk when uh, we tour. Um, through this weird, other weird fluke, we got asked to to play with um, with Chrissy Hind at this this um, one off kind of private shindig that, that was happening in Western Massachusetts, just wow. like a one off thing. And I guess it w- it was just more logistically easier cost effective to just get two american guys to fly up to boston to do this thing uh to rehearse and so she was amazing you know she was like i heard one of the the absolute greats you know know, just in my top 10 uh uh, ever and um she was just incredible she she would go out to dinner with us every night we rehearsed for i think two nights and wanted to hang out and um Oh, she was so just she great. Was awesome she was, as a professional and as a person. Yes, yeah, and we um it was the first time I'd ever played with in-ear monitors, you know, like the you know the things you put in your ears and so you don't just get your head blown off by amplifiers. And the first song we played, it was it was like playing along with a record like when I was a kid. Her voice was just like magic. I couldn't get over it. So she's, she's the real deal. Yeah, she's yeah. the real deal. No, I, I agree with you. I've always loved her and her voice is so melodic. I mean, she's a real talent. Um, I know you mentioned that, uh, you know, some of the first early, now, where did you say you saw some of those, uh, those rock concerts that um, venue you ended up playing at? Yeah. The tower theater, um, which is where that great, uh, Bowie live album was done. Uh, David live at the tower, uh, um, the, the, the first concert I ever went to was the Carpenters and this was, um, wait a minute, the, the Carpenters. Yeah. Yes. I was, I was six. So it it was, um, it was 1972 at the Allentown fair and oh my, my grandparents God. and my parents took us and, um, I can send you a photo of it. Like, I don't know if you want to have a, like a photo <laughs> included in this thing, but my mother took a great picture that has survived. Uh, I love so, the Carpenters. I oh, they're so love good. Karen Carpenter yeah. voice. Yeah. So, but, but wait, was it like a religious moment? You're sitting there, you're you six know, years old or standing there since it was a fair. I think um, I, I was too young to really get the impact of it. But the next year we went to, we saw three, three shows, I think in three consecutive years at the fair. And the next one was, was Liza Minnelli. And that was great, but you know, like that wasn't a rock show. But the next one was the Osmonds, full full jumpsuit glory, um, kids just screaming. So I, I think that might have tipped, tipped me in that in that direction. Yeah, just like oh, this is insane. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> to see the reaction from those kids. I mean, Donny Osmond yeah. in his sequin and, outfits. Oh, they all did it. Yeah, they all looked amazing. They were all great. Uh, Dreaming teenage girls. Oh yes. Uh, But but like but the first rock concert I went to was at the Tower Theater, and it would have been 1979, and it was this guy who no one has ever heard of since, Um, (laughs) Randy Hansen, H A N S E N, and he was able to play the Tower Theater because he did a Jimi Hendrix show, which was just nobody was doing tribute shows at this point 
so he you know he put a wig on he, he was based in seattle he was, he was a seattle guy but but hendrix was so big on on the local classic rock radio that they just knew they could sell at least 2000 seats to this because hendrix is not going to play anymore oh so yeah so so went to that probably the first time i ever I ever smelled weed and um it was re- it was great <laughs> and then and then we went to see him the next year and it started off as Hendrix and then he rips the wig off and starts playing his own songs. And he had this album that he was about to put out and it was the saddest thing. It was just this exodus. While, oh, while they're no. playing. And, then, and then, and then I'm sure, I'm sure it was on the set list, but I think at some point he realized I got to get back to the Hendrix now. And, and he did Hendrix, but I, I remember just being out in the lobby and just, there was hundreds of kids just, you know, just kind of oh, waiting it no. out. What, 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 yeah, yeah so it have been brilliant. I mean, in the days with yeah. no social media, you build yeah. your fan base and then you spring it on them. And I'm sure in his mind, he saw it going yeah. very differently. Oh, who? what's this stuff? Oh, it's his, it's, you know, <laughs> stuff. This is amazing. We're going to stick around. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> but the best show, I've to this day, probably the, the concert that I still think of as being the best show I ever saw was at the Tower and it was, it it must have been like May of '83. You um, two on the on the war tour. Oh gosh! And that was, and, and I wasn't even a fan, and I'm still kind of not a fan. But but <laughs> they were so good. It was yeah, it was just amazing. Like it it was. I don't know. I I think if I hadn't been maybe been 16 or however old I was, if I'd seen that as an adult, I probably thought would have thought there was like a lot of bullshit in it. Uh, but but. But as a kid, it was, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing. He's climbing on the speakers. He's wait, you know, he's on the speakers with a white flag, and he's waving it, and ah. it was just incredible. At 16, yeah, your perception's yeah. a little different. And yeah. then well, I read, I, I read uh, some book a, a year or two ago, and it turns out Springsteen was backstage at that show. I have actually posted on it. Is that true? Uh, at LA Woman Rocks. I believe that was, um, yeah, I came across pictures of them oh backstage. God. And I think Pete Townshend was back there as well. Oh, uh, it's the same show. Mm-hmm. There's some black white photos, you know, on the internet that you can see. Unfortunately, the quality wow. is pretty poor, but yeah. I mean, and that's I probably, that. you know, when they realized, my God, we're big. Yeah. You've got, oh, you know, yeah. folks from The Who and Bruce Springsteen coming to see me. Right. Right. Wow. I mean, they are incredible, though. They're incredible live. I'm sure they were incredible back then. They're incredible now. I've seen yeah. them a number of times. I mean, that energy has not waned. So That's you've got to be a true rock star to keep that up. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to ask you, and then I, I, I have to ask you about your Instagram, <laughs> but top five albums of all time. All right. These are the ones that instantly come to mind. And my criteria for, for a favorite album is, is basically just what albums have the have the the fewest songs i skip like i i just <laughs> I, I never listen to and and so they would be um uh london calling that's my favorite album london calling is my favorite album london calling uh, is incredible yeah and that's that's the record that made the biggest impact on me i remember buying buying that it had <laughs> it i couldn't buy it at the local mall because it had a parental advisory sticker on it saying that, that uh, some of the lyrics would be offensive. Uh, 
Which made you want it that much more. Oh, of course. But then <laughs> about a month later, so this would have been February of 80, my, uh, my dad took, a, took the family up to New York to, to see West Side Story. And we, we bopped into this record store, you know, like just off of um, Broadway. And I found a copy of it with no sticker and I bought it. And, and uh, I just remember pouring over every photo in this thing on, on, on the, on the train ride back, back home to Philly. And it took forever to get, get home and, and just listening to the entire thing that night and just think, Oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah. When the, that whole, was, the that, album was an experience. Yeah. 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 So that, that was the big one. Um, REM murmur. I mm-hmm. love that one. Um, moon dance by Van Morrison. Oh, classic. Uh, Oh mercy by Bob Dylan. Uh huh. Um, I love, uh, oh, th- there's, there's this very underappreciated Ramones album called Pleasant Dreams that, that, uh, that Graham Gouldman from, from 10CC produced. And I love it. It's like, it's them at their, at their poppiest. Ah. Uh, it came, came out, I think in, in 81. And, um, I just love it. I, th- I, th- I think that's a great record. Um, and only oh. has like one or one or two songs that I don't, I don't listen to. So that's, that's pretty good. These are good ones. These are good yeah. ones. Your top five is solid. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, surprised me, you know, mm. I love that. All right. I have to just switch gears really quickly. And we got to talk about your Instagram. I'm if sorry. anybody has not, <laughs> <laughs> you have not seen John Worcester's Instagram for a little bit of comedic relief, you need to go. And it's, I, I mean, unfortunately it paints a picture of the U S <laughs> yes. Human humanity. <laughs> humanity humanity and i remember come, stumbling upon it and you know watching everybody um hashtag you know my new worst friend and somebody right. did it on one of my photos somebody had tagged you on my photos. oh my like, god is it really that bad <laughs> what what was it which one was it it was well it was a rock photo but it was Joan Rivers, when her when her solo show first came out in, I can't remember if it was 85 or a little earlier, she had on, as some of her first guests on one single show, Pee Wee Herman, David Lee Roth, and Elton John. Oh, my God. There is a photo of the four of them. Oh, right. That's in right. black and white, looking like some sort of like Adam's family portrait. Yeah. And it is so awkward. <laughs> I actually was slightly flattered. I didn't take the photo, but I did post it and, uh, you know, got a little FaceTime uh, potentially with your audience, but it was hilarious. How did this even start? My new worst friend. You know, um, I don't even remember. It's almost like when did, when did consciousness start? I don't know. Um, (laughs) uh, I can't remember exactly where it started. And and I think I I just heard or read the phrase my new worst friend and I, I haven't seen it since and, and and i just kind of appropriated it and made it this hashtag and i just decided that when people send me these terrible photos like these awful photos of of these messages these messages message stickers people have in their you know in their rear view windows uh uh i'll just hashtag it so and so is my new worst friend for sending me this and it just I, I don't even know how many years it's been going on. It could be two. It could be eight. <laughs> and, and, and um, so 
people just now send, I'm, I have to get 50 I mean, submissions a day. It's so sick. I was going to ask you, oh my God. Yeah. It, it It's, um, and most of them are, are ones I've, I've either already posted or I've already seen. And it's a very like thin sliver of what's acceptable. Like I don't want it to be too, <laughs> too gross or too offensive. And I don't want it to be too tame. So it's, there, there's a very, it's a small sweet spot that, that makes it, uh, there's so many bad ones you don't, you don't see. So I'm sure. And I, I see that your standard response is the comment in the comments is I didn't do it in caps, <laughs> in all caps. Yes. I didn't do it. <laughs> but you know, it's like watching a train wreck over and over again. I keep coming back and I go, Oh God, yeah. what's up next? <laughs> oh, we coming yeah, back tomorrow. So and then people complain like, you posted that one and mine's so much worse. Why did, well, you know, <laughs> so people are, are upset often about, about bears not making, making the grade, even though theirs are technically more offensive than what, what did get posted. Well, if they continue to submit it, you know, with decent content, they'll, they'll get their, their, their time in the sun. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So something to look forward to and be proud of. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. You guys have to definitely check this out if you're not already subscribed. And John, are you doing any more comedy? I mean, I know you did quite a bit with Tom Sharpling. Yeah, we, um, the best show, uh, took a hiatus, uh, gosh, probably from around spring to God, maybe to November or so, but we, we've been back since I, I think November and we still do it every Tuesday and, and we're, we're still having fun with that. And that's awesome. We, we appreciate people. Yes. We appreciate people hanging with us. And that's kind of my full-time job right now is coming up with that insanity for every <laughs> Tuesday for, for Tuesday nights. Well, not so bad. And like I said, I mean, your comedy rivals, your musician skills. So Stick with it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep plugging. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Next week is another episode of Rock Moments to Remember, where we go into the rock vault and share little known stories about the rock stars and bands we all know and love. So we'll see you then. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.